Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition with licensed nutritionists and dietitians from Nutritional Weight and Wellness. We explain the connection between what you eat and how you feel. Stay tuned for practical, real-life solutions for healthier living through real food nutrition. Slow down, you move too fast. You got to make the morning last. Just kicking down the cobblestones. Well, welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition, brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Now, I'm Darlene Kavist, Certified Nutrition Specialist and founder of Nutritional Weight and Wellness. We are a company with the mission to help people feel better through eating real food. Real food? Real food. What do you mean by that, Dar? Well, I mean, maybe, you know, hamburger, you know, just the meat, mm-hmm. maybe some vegetables, mm-hmm. maybe a little bit of fruit, and maybe some butter. Or like my breakfast, some berries and cream. Okay. Sounds good. Yeah. Just real food. Real food. No processed foods. So our topic today is health is more than weight loss. Hmm. Kind of an interesting topic. So what we're going to say today may go against everything you have been taught for the last 30 years. Unless... Of course, you've been listening to Dar teach this message for the last 30 years. (laughs) Probably. But, you know, I want you to stay tuned because I think we're going to, you're going to kind of like what we're going to have to say today. So to add a little youth, you heard her voice already. Uh, Shelby, introduce yourself. Well, Dar, yes, health is definitely more than just looking at weight loss. It's kind of an interesting topic. But listeners, I have a question for you. How many of you have had your doctor say to you as you were leaving their office, well, you know, you would feel better or your blood pressure numbers would be better or this one, your cholesterol numbers would drop if you just lost 10 to 15 pounds? I bet a lot of people have had that one. Yeah, I hear that time and time again. So ask yourself as we're talking this morning, does that make sense to you? Well, good morning. My name's Shelby Hummel. I'm a licensed nutritionist with a master's degree in applied clinical nutrition. And, you know, I have had the great pleasure of working with Nutritional Weight and Wellness for three years. Three years now. Not quite 30 like you, Dart, but I'm working on it. (laughs) Good. (laughs) Yes, and I I counsel with um, clients one-on-one out of our Wayzata location, but I also am so excited to teach classes and work in our corporate branch as well. You teach a lot of classes, I know. I do, I do. And it's always positive comments that I hear about those classes that you teach. Oh, well, wonderful. It's great. So, yes, weight gain or excessive weight, you know, without you really trying to, you know, lose weight, can be a sign of poor health. Mm -hmm. But we know that perhaps... High cholesterol numbers are also a sign of poor health. And we certainly know that higher glucose numbers, mm-hmm. higher blood sugar numbers are a sign of poor health. Osteoporosis, rampant these days, yeah. is a sign of poor health. Mm-hmm. Depression and is certainly another one that is rampant these days, is a sign of poor health. Memory issues, mm-hmm. sign of poor health. Excessive weight, high cholesterol, high blood sugar levels, osteoporosis, depression, and memory issues are all signs of poor health and perhaps signs of deficiencies in certain nutrients. Well, I have to stop you there, Dar, because Uh 
that was a whole list of things. So, you know, if we think about that, cholesterol, blood sugar dysregulation, osteoporosis, memory and mood problems. Mm -hmm. That to me sounds like things have been changing over a period of time. Kind of that notion that we don't necessarily move from health to disease overnight. So exactly. Yeah, it'll be really interesting to see where we're definitely going to be talking today about some of those signs of nutrient deficiencies. But, you know, if anyone is telling you that you need to lose a few pounds to drop your cholesterol number, that might be a clue that they don't really understand cholesterol and the heart. That's interesting. You know, keep going. (laughs) So let me ask you this one. Do you think that losing weight will drop your cholesterol numbers? Oh, I think, Shelby, I think that question out there for people, I bet most people are saying yes. Mm. But what's, what's, what's the truth? Well, most of our cholesterol is produced in our liver. So we have to think, well, what would cause the liver to overproduce cholesterol? And of course, we brought the research on dishing up nutrition this morning. Mm -hmm. Research clearly shows that partially hydrogenated fats, or what we would call trans fats, those cause your your quote-unquote bad or your LDL cholesterol levels to raise and lowers your your quote-unquote good cholesterol, that HDL, which, which we also talk about as being our protective cholesterol. So trans fats increase the bad cholesterol, Mm -hmm. and decrease the good cholesterol. So eating trans fats increases your risk of developing heart disease, having a stroke, or being diagnosed with type 2 diabetes. So when we think about those trans fats, what pops into your brain right away that people are eating that would have trans fats in them? Sheet cake. Sheet cake, okay. <laughs> Muffins. Muffins, okay. All the, all the kind of um, treat things, right? Yeah. We, we hear about these treats. Well, And those are the things that are bringing your cholesterol out of balance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So think about this. Higher cholesterol numbers have nothing to do with your weight. And I said it again. It has nothing to do with your weight, but everything to do with your Food choices. Well, that might be a new thought for people this morning, Dar. So maybe if you made a cake with butter, it would be fine. Mm -hmm. But if you go to the local store and buy a sheet cake, graduation's coming up, you know? Mm -hmm. And Mother's Day. (laughs) Yes. That's when you're going to get the trans fats, the partially hydrogenated fats, and that's going to put your cholesterol in jeopardy, basically. Well, Dar, not to sideline us here, but I'm sure you'll remember the name of this gentleman. I don't remember his name, but he did a lot of research on trans fats, and I think he retired in his 90s. But someone had brought him, you know, one of those big box store sheet cakes. And the first thing he did at his retirement party was look at the label. <laughs> and he refused to eat his own Good for cake him. because he knew... The trans fats were bad for his brain. That's good. So that is one of the reasons he was so, well, of course he was so intelligent, but Mm -hmm. also very cautious of what he ate. You know, that's why the FDA banned the use of partially hydrogenated oils in food. And actually that ban goes into effect 
June 18th this year. Okay. So just around the corner, it's going to go into effect. But they found that back in 2015, right? They came to the conclusion oh, yes. that that trans fats were not no longer safe for human consumption. Exactly. And, I mean, the research has been out there for many more years than that, you know, probably 60 years before that at least. So partially hydrogenated oils, we've been talking about this for a long time on Dishing mm-hmm. Up Nutrition, or trans fats will no longer be permitted in human food as of this June, June 18th. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, when I read the research and they keep saying human food, I think, is my dog going to be safe? <laughs> yeah. Yes, because I wouldn't feed that dog, my dog any of that. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dar, before, before we move on this topic, I just, I want listeners to be able to put this into practice, you know, mm-hmm. because... We have to be a little weary of, of what food manufacturers are going to be using to replace these partially hydrogenated oils. So, right. listeners, if you're sitting at home this morning or if you're planning out your, your grocery list, next time you, you pick up a product or pull something out of your cupboard, flip that product over. And if you see the words hydrogenated or partially hydrogenated, Typically, it's with some sort of soybean or canola oil, but those are the words that you're looking for that tell you that is a trans fat. So when you put that in perspective, we're talking about that's going to make your cholesterol get out of balance. Mm -hmm. It's going to make you possibly Mm pre-diabetic. It's going to lead to heart disease. It's all those things that we can hopefully help you prevent by not eating those foods. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So. And through the years, Dar, we have seen lots of clients coming through our door that, you know, they're at their quote-unquote healthy weight, or some are even underweight, but they come to nutritional weight and wellness because they want to seek our expertise to get that LDL cholesterol number under control. And when we teach them about food and when we give them the support that they need to make real food a priority, they actually go from eating, you know, maybe processed foods that have those trans fats and and damaged oils to eating more real food. And it's amazing. They're shocked at how quickly they can heal their cholesterol numbers. Exactly. You know, they can lower that LDL. So now, you know, where do you find trans fats? They're still they're still with us. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's going to be another week, or another month before they're out, hopefully. But yeah. you're going to find them in donuts, like Shelby mentioned before, the sheet cake, you know, pie crust, frozen pizza, yeah, cookies, crackers, margarine. So any food that lists partially hydrogenated fat on the label. Trans fats are not in butter, but they are in margarine. Yeah, and we're going to talk more about trans fats when we come back from break. If you're just tuning in this morning, you are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition, brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. It's pretty interesting how food and nutrition can impact how we make decisions. But the first rule to making good decisions is to never, never, ever allow yourself to get hungry At Nutritional Weight and Wellness, we always say you have to stay ahead of your hunger. Yes, stay ahead of your hunger. (laughs) Yep, eating breakfast with high-quality protein, those good fats for communication in the brain, and those vegetable and fruit carbohydrates to balance your blood sugar. 
you know, those high carbohydrate breakfasts, I call it first dessert, you know, the cereal, the danishes, toast and juice, that's actually associated with excessively high blood sugar at first. And then we have the crash, very low blood sugar in just a couple of hours. And Dar, we teach in our classes when there's low blood sugar, there's low blood flow to the brain, which leads to poor decision-making. So exactly. before we, we turn things over to commercial break, I just want to give out the studio number. If you have questions for Dar or myself this morning, you can call us in studio at 651-641-1071. Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. You know, are you looking for ways to manage your menopause symptoms? Well, maybe hot flashes or mood swings or insomnia or weight gain? You know, come join us for our Menopause Survival Seminar on May 19th from 10.30 to 3.30 in our St. Paul location. You know, I'm going to be teaching, a little bit at least, with registered dietitian Joanne and nutrition educator Chris. And let me tell you, they know their stuff. You're right, they do. (laughs) Because you know what? They've lived it and they know what works. Mm-hmm. And then they know the research behind all these things. So this menopause seminar qualifies for continuing education credits for nurses. So, you know, a whole unit of you could sign up and come and have fun. So did I also mention that we serve a delicious organic lunch and snacks? So call 651-699-3438 to sign up or you can go to weightandwellness.com and sign up also. Well, Dar, I'm not quite yet to menopause, but the last time I sat in on that class in the fall, it was so informative. Thank you. So I enjoyed myself. So it's fun too. It is. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, before break, we were talking about cholesterol. I think people are so confused about cholesterol. And it's so interesting that so many people have been told, lose weight to reduce your cholesterol. Mm Mm-hmm. When in reality, people should have been told to stop eating processed foods, which are high in trans fats and sugar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and are, we're seeing more and more research from those experts who are, you know, conducting long-term research projects. They're out. They are now recommending that people should not focus just on weight. You know, shouldn't just focus on losing weight, but rather they should focus on overall health. Which to me makes a lot of sense. And that's kind of been our message all along. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because think about it. When people focus on low calorie or those starvation type weight loss plans, not only do they feel crummy, but they become nutrient deficient. They start to feel down and depressed because they can't lose weight. And most of them tell us, well, I'm hungry all the time. I have cravings. So... Not only do they regain the weight they lost, and oftentimes they even gain back a few more pounds, you know. Usually that's what happens. Yeah, yeah. So, but when, when, when people really focus on practicing healthy habits for enjoyment and well-being, instead of just weight loss, for some odd reason, they stick with it. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? It is interesting, and that, that brings to mind a, a client of mine that I just met with again last week. I've, I've been working with her just over a year at this point, and 
Um, she found nutritional weight and wellness online, actually. So she was enrolled in our online nutrition for weight loss class. Okay. And then her and I connected and we started talking and, you know, she, one of her goals was definitely to lose weight, but her biggest goal is her and her husband are wanting to start a family. Okay. And she remembers, you know, from a very young age being told, well, this would change if you just lost weight. Oh, yes. We've heard that one. mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even so much, you know, as, well, we're concerned about you having pre-diabetes. You know, we're concerned Mm -hmm. about digestion, all of those things. Well, you know, she said to me, I think probably the second or third time we had a phone consultation, she said, I just can't believe all this time I've been told things would change if I just lost weight. But no one ever told me how to lose weight. Mm-hmm. No one ever focused on, well, what things are going to give me good health? And one of the remarkable changes for her is when she started eating more real food, like what we recommend on the Nutrition for Weight Loss Eating Plan, she had great energy. Such great energy that she was actually excited to go work out now. Mm-hmm. And she could practice some more of those healthy habits. And so... You know, when I'm teaching that nutrition for weight loss series, I teach people to stick to eating real food and avoid those processed foods that are full of trans fats. And I do just want to put a plug here. If you want to read more about Mary's success, you mm-hmm. can go to our website at weightandwellness.com and um, her her information is up there about the changes that she's made. Oh, and great. Sustainable changes. A mm-hmm. year later, she still is is eating real food. And for a lot of people, that eating real food is a big step, but it requires a lot of focus. And it's not one of those things where you lose 30 pounds in 30 days. It it takes time to make those changes. But maybe the first step is ordering a cup of coffee with real cream and not those coffee mochas with high fructose corn syrup and the partially hydrogenated oils. I think, Shelby, that is an interesting Remark because we have a lot of people that they are afraid to put cream in their coffee, mm-hmm. but they'll buy those things that are full of trans fats and high fructose mm-hmm. corn syrup. Mm-hmm. Crazy, isn't it? It is. You know, we all know that sugar calls to us. We hear, I hear it all the time in the consulator. Mm-hmm. Sugar calls to me. So it takes focus, it takes commitment, and it takes a plan to make these lifestyle changes of no longer eating bad fats and sugar. So has your doctor ever told you to stop eating sugar to reduce your cholesterol numbers? I'm going to let that one kind of sink in. (laughs) Think about it. If a doctor has told you this, call us here today because I want to personally thank them for being so wise and so for being a reader of research. Mm-hmm. So our studio number is 651-641-1071. You know, we also understand that many people need a weight loss goal to change their eating habits. Isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. That mental part yep. of it. Mm-hmm. If that works for you, that's great. As long as you're eating real food, high in nutrients, to lose that weight, and you're not doing some kind of low-fat, low-calorie, starvation type of diet, Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. to lose the weight. Well, and it's interesting, Dar, because when, when people come in and they say that they want to lose weight, I, I, I often say, okay, well, what else? Mm-hmm. And then start to find out, well, you know, I would like to have better sleep too. I think sleep would be better. Or, you know, I wish I had more energy because if I had more energy, I could, you know, take my dog for a walk or I would go to a cycling class or things like that. And uh, it's just so interesting to Mm -hmm. pull out more of those motivators for people. Exactly. Yes. Before we, we talk more about cholesterol, I just want to lead us into our second break here. You're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. And as we're talking about cardiovascular health this morning, we have some ideas for you. No doubt many of you have talked with your doctor about your heart or your cholesterol numbers. That's typically what you're having tested yearly. Like many of our clients, I'm sure you want to know how to manage your cholesterol levels. But maybe you want to be able to do it naturally. So I want to talk to you about a product called Bergamot. It's actually a a citrus plant that's grown exclusively in southern Italy. And it contains those potent cardioprotective components that not only help to manage cholesterol, but also help to manage inflammation. Very important. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. And we're happy to announce that Bergamot is now available from Orthomolecular. It's a product I use with my clients often. You can purchase it at any of our seven locations, or you can find it online at weightandwellness.com. We'll be right back. There are some things we wish for you to do what everyone else can do. Hop in your car, go to work, slip right into a movie seat. Now there's a perk. Buy cute jeans right off the rack. Dance at the next wedding to love shack. Play tag with your kids and hear them say, that was the most awesomest day. Walk your dog, jog, or both just because you can. Comfortably fly coach all the way to Japan. Be there on graduation day, especially if it's yours and you got your MBA. Meet your greatest love and ride off into the sun. This is your life. Go live it. You've only got one. If you think you've tried everything to lose the weight that's keeping you from your best life, think again. Learn the new science of weight loss in the Nutrition for Weight Loss program at Nutritional Weight and Wellness, on-site or online. You can do this. We'll help you. You're not alone. This is a promise, not just a poem. Join us at weightandwellness.com. Well, welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition, brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Next Saturday, we have another great show planned. So Leah, Carolyn, and I will be presenting a book review on Dr. Matthew Walker's book, Why We Sleep. Mm, that'll be a good one. Uh-huh. It's an interesting and very well-researched book. And, you know, listeners, we all know that getting sufficient sleep is so important for our health. And uh, when you read that book, it's just amazing. So some of the questions that we get all the time is, you know, how do I get to sleep? Yeah. And how do I stay asleep? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we're going to explore some of that next week with, uh, as we go through the book. And, um, you know, as I've been reading the book this week, I think maybe we better have him on the show one of these days, yeah. you know. Well, and up. with with Leah on, I wonder if she'll have any insight. I'm hearing more from clients. Well, how do I help my 
kids get a good night's sleep. Yes. Which I think is so important for parents <laughs> getting a good night's sleep, too. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So before we went to break, Dar, we were talking about, you know, eating real foods and how that affects our heart. Listeners, I bet you've been told in the past to stop eating eggs because you were told that if you stopped eating eggs, that would lower your cholesterol. But we have to ask, is there any truth to eggs causing cholesterol problems? And there's actually a, a great article written by Dr. Mark Hyman. He's a medical doctor who is the director of the Cleveland Clinic for Functional Medicine. And he also happens to be a best-selling author of many nutrition books. But Dr. Hyman says eggs don't cause heart attacks. Sugar does. <laughs> right? Yep, he goes right to the point. <laughs> <He does. laughs> but if you continue to read... His article on eggs don't cause heart attacks, sugar does. He actually quoted a study that showed people who ate the most sugar had a fourfold increase in their risk of heart attacks compared to those with lower sugar intake. So, listeners, let's put this into perspective. That's a 400% greater risk. That's a 400% greater risk of getting a heart attack, you know, compare it when you eat a lot of sugar compared to people that eat just a little bit of sugar. Mm -hmm. So this study, it had about 40,000 people and it was published in the Journal of American Medical Association, Internal Medicine. Mm -hmm. And it looked at all the other potential risk factors, looking at calories, obesity, alcohol, uh, high blood pressure. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which showed, this is so, I think this is amazing. It showed that obesity had nothing to do with high cholesterol numbers. It was sugar. Therefore, weight loss would not lower your cholesterol. And research study after research study after research study shows that partially hydrogenated oils or trans fats are the leading cause of higher cholesterol numbers. So then if you take and eat something that has high sugar mm-hmm. and high trans fats, then your liver puts out more cholesterol and it doesn't know what to do. So it gets it out of balance. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Dar, I definitely want to talk a little bit more about some of Mark Hyman's um, um, information. Mm-hmm. We have a caller this morning. Okay. Well, let's. Let's see what our caller has to say. Good morning, Fred. Thank you for listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. You have a call for us this morning? Morning, Fred. Oh, hi. Yes, uh, I have a question about sodium. Mm -hmm. How do you reduce sodium? You know, I can go to a store and buy cod, frozen cod, wild-caught cod, and I take a look at the sodium level and it's out of sight. Well, I think there's been some misunderstanding about sodium. And Shelby, kick in if you want, if you have a different opinion. Actually, more and more uh, information is coming out that we don't have to be that concerned about sodium. In fact, people are being over-concerned about it and not getting enough sodium to balance out their electrolytes. So I don't know. I think if we looked at real cod, I can't imagine that it has excess sodium in it. Maybe something that is, you know, a frozen meal. I find that many of my clients 
when they kick the processed foods, exactly when they're not buying, you know, as many of the the boxed foods, they they can actually put some real salt on top of vegetables and meat. It's typically the processed foods where we're seeing just a, a crazy amount of added sodium. I think that's a great point. So I don't know, Fred, if that helps answer that question. Yeah, I think it helps, but uh, I just saw my doctor a, a couple of months ago and I told him that I saw something on a different show indicating sodium isn't a big problem, and he was shocked. So well, you know, is the medical profession going to get in, in line with that line of thought? Uh from what I've read, Fred, it takes at least 17 years. Oh. So, and then I'm not even sure. <laughs> so we have to be our be- our own uh, health experts. Mm-hmm. Right. I really, it, it's it's so important these days. Yes. Okay. Thanks, well, thanks for the call, uh, Fred. Thanks for being on. I, I really enjoyed when you were on the show. Oh, thanks. Have a good day. All right. Thank you. Well, Dar, that's kind of interesting what, what Fred brought up. Um, one of the things that I do when I'm teaching classes is I'll bring in a full-fat yogurt, mm-hmm. and I'll bring in a non-fat yogurt. And, you know, same product, same food manufacturer, just the biggest difference is full-fat versus non-fat. Right. And I ask participants i say you know what do you notice is different and they they typically clue in on the added ingredients in a non-fat product but one thing that shocked me is most of those non-fat products also have a large amount of added sugar and added sodium yes yes so when they're taking out the fat they're using more ingredients and more of the salt and sugar to make an it's- otherwise unpalatable product exactly uh-huh that's what happens mm-hmm. so let's go back to dr mark hyman yeah dr mark hyman says we and i quote we have been brainwashed into thinking that fat causes heart attacks and raises cholesterol but in the same regard we have been brainwashed into thinking that sugar is harmless exactly. we've been told that Oh, you know, sugar is a source of empty calories. So, you know, you want to stay away from that in in that regard. But not only are they empty calories, sugar calories are deadly calories. We're finding the connection between sugar and heart attacks, sugar and obesity, even in young children. Sugar causes type 2 diabetes. It's connected to cancer and even dementia. And it's interesting because sugar is the leading cause of liver failure. In fact, you know, liver failure meaning that it is the beginning of liver cirrhosis of the Mm -hmm. liver, Mm -hmm. which is people always think it's only alcohol, Mm -hmm. but it's actually more coming from sugar these days. Yeah. So if you think about the average teenage boy, he consumes 34 teaspoons of sugar a day. So is that daily consumption of 34 teaspoons of sugar putting your teen at risk for liver damage in the future or possibly a heart attack? Well, I actually think that much sugar, most people think cavities and and things like that, maybe acne, but liver damage or a heart attack setting Mm -hmm. them up for chronic health problems down the road. So when we look at 34 teaspoons of sugar, what does that look like? Well, amazing. 
it's a couple of bottles of Mountain Dew a day mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or any kind of soda. Let's face it. The two bottles of a soda, that's a 20 ouncer. Yeah. That's 34 teaspoons of sugar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Well, Dar, we definitely want to talk more about that connection between sugar and inflammation, but we got to go to break. Oh, again. Okay. So if you are just joining us, you are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. You have likely heard us talk about our weight and wellness six-week series of classes for years, and I'm sure many of you have said to yourself, you know, gosh, I really should take those classes. And you're right. You really should take those classes. <laughs> so I'm going to ask you this morning, what would motivate you to sign up? Do you want to prevent diabetes? Are you looking to reduce that dry skin, dry eyes, and wrinkles? Are you hoping to reduce your cholesterol without having to take medication? Or many people want their energy back. They want to have better moods. Do you want to have a better memory? This is one of my absolute favorite class series to teach. We have classes, new class series that are starting the week of May 15th. And we actually have an early bird special. If you sign up before Monday, May 7th, you get $50 back in your pocket. Good idea. <laughs> so You can t- buy healthy food. Yeah, exactly. So take them all this spring so you can feel great all summer long. Have that great energy all summer long. I will be teaching the Thursday night series in our Wyzetta location. Uh, but if you want to call and learn more about those classes... Call 651-699-3438 to sign up and take that first step to a healthier you. We'll be right back. Well, welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. You know, I want to share some information regarding a very important podcast and blog about macular degeneration. You know, first of all, Leah Wetzel and I recently interviewed board-certified ophthalmologist and author Dr. Chris Kenobi about macular degeneration on Dishing Up Nutrition, and that was on April 8th mm-hmm. this year, 2018. And that show is now available to you by podcast. And secondly, we've kind of followed that up in licensed nutritionist and registered dietitian Leah Kleinshaw. I hope I got her that last name. That, that Kleinschrote, yep. Oh, good, thank you, Shelby. Leah Kleinschrote. <laughs> she did a great follow-up article on on you know it's and she wrote an article that is called best and worst fats for macular degeneration oh, great article interesting the fats make a difference with your eyesight <laughs> so to hear the podcast and to read the article go to weightandwellness.com and you know i also ask you to kind of pass it on to one of your friends or family members because our goal is to help prevent unnecessary blindness Mm -hmm. and we know that food matters the right kind of fat matters yeah so it's a passion ours of course so of course and food matters when we look at inflammation too dar Mm -hmm. the fact is that sugar creates inflammation in the blood vessels and the arteries so listeners you know maybe you know that inflammation in your knee or inflammation in your hip creates pain but sugar oftentimes when people stop eating the sugar they reduce that inflammation so they stop that pain in their knee or their hip but 
when they stop eating the sugar, it also impacts inflammation in the vessels and the arteries. That's really interesting, isn't it? It is. And inflammation is the root cause of heart disease. So if we look at that bottom line, sugar causes inflammation, not only in the knees and the hips, but also in the vessels. Mm -hmm. And inflammation is what causes those blockages or heart attacks. Perfect. So if you ask an average American, what do you need to do to, what do you need to stop eating to lose weight? (laughs) What do you think they're going to say? So let me ask you, listeners, if you want to lose weight, what do you need to eliminate or cut out of your diet? Are you saying to yourself, fat? Well, that's not correct. That's not a correct answer. The correct answer is you need to eliminate sugar and processed carbs to lose weight. And here's an interesting fact, Dar. A recent study showed that you your risk of a heart attack doubles if sugar makes up to 20% of your daily calories. So your risk of having a heart attack doubles if sugar makes up to 20% of your daily calories. And since the U.S. dietary guidelines, you know, they don't have any recommendations about limiting added sugar, our food industry adds an unlimited amount of sugar. So we buy and buy and buy and eat and eat and eat more sugar. So here's another question for you. Have you noticed almost every time... You visit your doctor's office. You have to step on the scale to be weighed. Mm-hmm. So what does that number on the scale have to do with your health? Why does losing weight get so much credit? Yeah. You know, usually with most diets, the results are very short-lived. Mm-hmm. You know, learning to practice good nutrition habits that can stay with you into old age and beyond is more difficult. You know, and that is, it's kind of that crazy association that we've been told that weight, excess weight, contributes to poor health. But that's not actually what the research is showing. Poor health is often associated with poor eating habits, not the number on the scale. So rather than having people step on a scale, why not show people what's in the food they eat? You know, why not show people the amount of sugar in the sugar-sweetened yogurts or the amount of sugar that's in a glass of orange That shocks. That orange juice sugar <laughs> sample I have, it shocks people. Yes. And I purposefully put it right next to the sugar sample for Coca-Cola because that shocks people even more that a 16-ounce glass of orange juice has the same amount of sugar, 12 to 13 teaspoons of sugar, as a can of Coca-Cola. Mm-hmm. You know, so if we are to change the health of our nation, we often have to start by educating people on the dangers of those processed carbohydrates and sugar. And after more than 60 years, the FDA is finally banning trans fats in human food. So we have to ask, how long will it take before sugar is limited in our food system? Okay, so how many of you have been told by your doctor to cut the sugar intake to lower your cholesterol numbers. As you have heard this morning, losing weight has little or nothing to do with lowering cholesterol numbers unless you cut out the sugar to lose weight. I would tell my clients to stop worrying about losing weight right now, but let's do four things. Mm -hmm. 
to maybe to reduce the pain that you're having and inflammation, or maybe to lower your cholesterol numbers or prevent prediabetes. Number one, eat quality meat, vegetables, and good fat at least four times a day. I mean, that doesn't sound too hard, does it? Okay, drink eight to ten glasses of water, filtered water. Mm Mm-hmm. Avoid eating gluten grains. In fact, lower the intake of grains altogether. Yep. And eliminate bad fats from your eating plan. No more trans fats. No more partially hydrogenated oil. No soybean oil. No corn oil. No cottonseed oil. No canola oil, which always shocks people. Yep, exactly. So you have four things that you find is really important when you're working with clients. Mm -hmm. Eating, you know, real animal protein, getting vegetables Vegetables. and fruit as your primary carbohydrates, kind of reducing those grains, Mm -hmm. and then eating the real fats, the butter, butter, avocados, Mm -hmm. nuts and seeds. You know, because when you're eating the real fats and the real foods, you're not eating as much sugar, and you're not eating the bad fats. That's right. Which I think is interesting because it seems when when we go on a diet to lose weight, for some reason, our brain switches into that mentality of when's the next cheat? When do we have a cheat day? Yes. You know, weight loss diets seem to set up this kind of cheating behavior. But when our clients are eating for their health, they don't have that cheating mentality. They're eating food that tastes good to them. You know, one of the things that they always keep asking is, how much can I cheat? And still lose weight. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, and when we think about, you know, eating real foods, they don't necessarily care to cheat because they have better energy. They have less knee pain and less hip pain and they have better moods. So we know from research that it doesn't have much evidence to support that people actually when they diet and lose weight and they don't really keep it off. That's kind of interesting. The vast majority of people who diet, they lose some weight. And in a few few weeks or months, they start to regain their weight. And one of the problems is that most weight loss diets are either based on calories in and calories out. You're right, Dar. Our goal at Nutritional Weight and Wellness is to help each and every person experience better health through eating real foods. It's a simple yet powerful message. Eating real food is life-changing. Thank you for listening and have a healthy day. Thanks for listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. If you enjoy this podcast, please share your favorite episodes with a friend or leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or iHeartRadio. The content and opinions expressed are those of the hosts or presenters. They are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Product statements have not been evaluated by the FDA.